The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. And this is the Bill Myers Show. You know, I still envision Big Lou in his mobility scooter, don't you? It's uh, <laughs> 16 after 7. And uh, we have the emails of the day. Emails of the day sponsored by Dr. Steve Nelson, Central Point Family Dentistry, centralpointfamilydentistry.com. And they have, while you wait, crowns available. They have an in-house lab there. Very, very cool. I watched them work it. It is uh, j- just amazing. So this idea where you had to wait a week or two or more to get uh, crowns, nope, doesn't happen with Dr. Steve. Next door to the uh, Mazadlan Mexican Restaurant in Central Point. Okay? All right. And a- actually, a couple of uh, of uh, emails of the day going to Hans Albuquerque. Hans Albuquerque wrote me the other day saying uh, about uh, Texas. Bill, we wondered how a civil war or secession might get started. Well, thank you, John Roberts, this having to do with that uh, that decision, right? Abbott and Paxton were just stating the other night that they will hold their ground against the Supreme Court. Stay tuned. Same bad time, same bad channel. He adds in today that the border ruling may have a silver lining. The ex-Yuma Border Patrol chief, Chris Clem, says that the SCOTUS decision may be a blessing in disguise if we pull out a Trump victory because three of the four border states that are blue are complicit, are complicit rather, with the Biden's allowed invasion. They couldn't stop executive federal action to lock down the border. Maybe that philosophy prolongs an inevitable soft civil war in Texas. Hans, I appreciate you uh, keeping us informed what's going on. I'll bet that is a big deal in Texas right now, okay? John writes me this morning, Bill, I'm so fed up with the media saying AR style. If it's an AR, it's an AR. Get off their lazy butts and tell us what kind of firearm it is or was. All right, John, appreciate your writing. And uh, Kevin Rogue Riverish says, Hi, Bill, about the abandoned RVs. The state allows the homeless to live in unregistered motorhomes and trailers. I think the state should be responsible for their disposal. Appreciate the uh, the right there. Uh, Darren writes me this morning, Bill, I was dumping a trailer of garbage at the transfer station in White City this last weekend, and the price was not that bad, although more than it used to be. People can dump a small trailer or pickup load of trash for under 30 bucks. That would easily accommodate a mattress. Yeah, there was the mattress by my house, right? Uh, there is no excuse to dump trash in the woods by the side of the road, etc. All it takes is not buying coffee at Starbucks for a week, and that'll pay for the dump run. And people can recycle cardboard, class, uh, glass, plastic, e-waste, and more for free at the transfer station. The Radius, formerly Schnitzer Steel, out on Avenue G, takes care and uh, of that and other metals such as appliances. Last thought, the trash has definitely increased with Measure 110. And uh, Robin at Rockbird's Gardens Landscape, Living Landscape Design writes, says, Bill, I was listening with amusement to your segment on remembering that when I worked in Switzerland, I learned that not only do the Swiss pay a tax on everything they own yearly, they pay to dispose of the car they turn in when buying a new one. I think Germans do as well. The difference is amazing as the train that goes from clean uh, Switzerland to the trashed countryside of Italy. If we charged a fee for each trashed car out in someone's yard, I'll bet you'd see those disappear. As an aside, I knew a couple who bought identical black Volvos so that the tax man would think that they only had one. 
Robin, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing it. The email bill at billmyershow.com. One of each sold in 224482, MSRP 21615, 3500 due, sportage VIN 69157, MSRP 3390, 4399 Rush in now. Get a new 2024 Kia Soul LX Automatic. Just $159 a month lease. For a new 2024 Kia Sportage LX all-wheel drive. Only $199 a month lease. Both for 24 months. Ready to get out of your current lease or loan? Once we make a deal, we'll pay off your trade no matter how much you owe. Need credit? Go to KiaMedford.com to get pre-approved in less than 30 seconds. With no effect on your credit score. Get more in 24. With Souls, $159 a month. Sportages, $1. 99 a month at Kia Medford. Click KiaMedford.com. American Rancher Garage is your premier auto care provider, serving Medford, Central Point, and the Rogue Valley, providing nothing less than the highest quality standard of professionalism on every single service and repair. Call today. Appointments are available for oil change to engine change. Get the peace of mind you deserve at American Rancher Garage on Biddle across from Elmers, 499-6673, 499-6673. American Rancher Garage. We stand behind every job we do with service you can trust. Millette Construction has been a general contractor for 40 years. For the last 20 years, they've specialized in foundation repair and replacement. If you have sloping floors, cracks in walls, and windows and doors that are hard to open, you have a foundation problem that's only getting worse. At Millette Construction, they not only fix your foundation and level your house, they solve the water problem that's causing the damage. Get on solid ground. Call Millette Construction for a free estimate. Visit MilletConstruction.com. CCB number 32787. The Bill Myers Show on 106.3 KMET and 99.3 KCMD. New book out, and it is making some noise out there in the uh, political landscape, and it's from Charlie Spearing. He's the author of Amateur Hour. Kamala Harris in the White House. Oh, boy. Uh, Target-rich environment, eh, Charlie? Uh, Welcome to the show. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, it was absolutely a fun project to sort of sit down and figure out the question, what's wrong with Kamala Harris and why why is she struggling so so much in her first three years and, what, and taking a look at her full career all the way back to California. Now, she used to be an attorney general there, wasn't she? Or wasn't she an attorney general at some point? That's right. She started as a, uh, a district attorney in San Francisco and then she, after her second term as that, she went on to be to run a really close race in California to win attorney general. A very difficult race. She almost lost the Republican there, even though it was a huge year for Democrats. Yeah. Well, I'm really She's kind of attorney general, and then oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, the, the only reason I was bringing this up is that I'm always uh, cautious when I hear people bring up what I would interpret as sexist things. Oh, slept her way to the top. You know, you heard all that kind of stuff about uh, about Harris, you know, right from the beginning. And yet, though, when I listen to her talk, and I'm thinking, how could this woman have been an attorney general, and how could she have gotten where she is by being, it, it appears to be genuinely dim, or is it just a misinterpretation of uh, of the vice president? Yeah, I, I specifically want to look at that. You know, a lot of people kind of whispered it, right, that she slept her way to the top. Now, that's yeah. not necessarily... I don't think that's necessarily accurate as far as 
she's how did she get all the way up to where she is today? She, right. She had a relationship with Willie Brown, which is very important, and that's why I encourage everyone to read the book so you can understand exactly what that relationship gave her. She was 29 years old when she started dating Willie Brown, who was 60 years old, one of the most powerful people in the state of California. And Brown was running for mayor at the time. She was a sort of a no-name district prosecutor in Alameda County. But Brown really opened the doors to her for the entire social aspect of you know, the California social life, right? The politicians, the actors, the celebrities, the money people, they all hang out together in social settings. And that's, and that's how Willie Brown opened that door into, into his world. He also gave her a lot of lump positions, right? He gave her jobs that were worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he also gave her the keys to a BMW. When she decided to run for district attorney of San Francisco, Brown was there with his donors, with the his, his backing, even though it was all behind the scenes, you know, sort of propping her up. That's how she first got into politics. That's, and it was very much, you know, it was very much through her relationship with Willie Brown. Uh, Charlie, there is uh, so much to this book. I just started reading it, and so I'm just scratching it. I'm kind of skipping around a bit, but I'm going to have to read the whole thing when I'm, when I'm done with you. What, um, how did she get this vice presidential gig in the first place? She wasn't even liked by the Democratic Party at that time. What politics played in played a part here? Yeah, it was a, it was a huge issue because it was during the summer of the George Floyd riots. You know, Biden had promised to pick a woman vice president, mm-hmm. but he was soon realized, especially seeing you know his his team and uh, certainly Barack Obama really saw that that it would be very important to pick a black woman as the, as the vice president if he, they were going to bring back the band, you know, put the band back together and bring back the Obama coalition. Hillary Clinton failed to, to keep that coalition because she picked Tim Kaine, the most vanilla senator from Virginia, as her vice president. So she kind of lost a lot of the black vote. And so a lot of Biden staff were really worried about this, and especially as Biden was struggling on issues of race, you know, his infamous gaffes like – Poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he told it, when he told a black radio host that you ain't black if you vote for Trump, he was just stumbling all over the place and making mistakes. So I think his staff was like, we really need somebody who can talk about race and during the, this very contentious summer and with all these riots. Is there a? Is she a threat politically in 2024 to to remain on? Because there's a good chance that if, uh, let's say, if God forbid that uh, the president were to be reelected, that he wouldn't be able to finish this term. It, it's looking worse and worse as time goes on. Is she considered uh, a, a reliable, pliable dupe, I guess, as uh, as the president is interpreted to be by the whole band being back together, as you put it? Right. Team Biden's team has been with him for years, so they know how to babysit him. They know how to kind of work with him and, you know, let him do the things and then make him happy and keep him happy and comfortable. That same team is not going to work well with Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris had views Biden's team as not helpful. And certainly that's kind of how I start off the book is when when the, Biden's staff sits down to think about how Biden is no longer able to be president. What's it going to look like? And I think you'll see a very vengeful Kamala Harris step in, probably clean house significantly with top staff and really go to work to sort of, you know, have a lot of, 
had a lot of revenge against the people that have been sort of ignoring her and putting her down. Yeah, but would she have revenge on the American people, I guess, is the question, too, given all of this. Like, OK, I'm, I'm going to get you now. You know, all, uh, how many word salads uh, will be? In fact, I guess you go through some of the best word salads, right, in this book? <laughs> yeah, there's a great chapter where I put together a lot of the word salads. And, yeah, it's just so eye-opening to go back and look at all of the times that she really struggled to talk. You know, it's one of the most important jobs of a president or a vice president is to talk good. <laughs> yeah. Is it a struggle to talk or is it a struggle? becomes president, then we're in we're due for a lot of uh, a lot of word salads or uh, either that or a lot of rehearsed speeches. OK. Is she uh, struggling to talk because of a lack of intelligence or is it just a lack of communicative skills? Because like I, I said, her pedigree would appear to be pretty impressive in many ways. Yeah, the the higher she got as a political candidate, the more she struggled to be authentic and to actually communicate. Oh, uh, she she she's very unwilling to take risks, and she's almost nervous of her of what she's going to say. That's why her speeches, so many of her speeches, sort of you know we call them word salads, but what it is, it's just a lot tacking on a lot of dependent clauses to your sentences so that you sound intelligent or you're trying to inspire somebody. And, re- and realizing at the same time you're speaking that it's not working. All right. And so that that's a real struggle. And they've been trying to fix it for three years, and it, it still isn't working. Aye, aye, aye. Indeed. Uh, so much for the top, uh, or the cream rising to the top, I guess. Charlie Spearing has written the uh, book Amateur Hour, Kamala Harris in the White House. I'm going to put the information up to it. I'm going to finish the book here, too, and get back to you on that. Charlie, thanks for the update. I'm sure this is available at all the usual uh, suspects. And uh, thanks for coming on for a few minutes on this, okay? Take care. Absolutely, Bill. Thanks for having me. You bet. You're welcome. 7.30 at KMED KCMD. Happy New Year from everyone at Good Guys Guns. This month, all in-stock Glocks are $20 off, including Blue Label. Good Guys Guns also offers layaway plans to meet every budget. Did you know that Good Guys Guns offers professional firearm cleaning? Don't forget to sign up for their next concealed handgun class on February 11th. Good Guys Guns, the Valley's premier gun shop, 4934 Crater Lake Avenue in Medford, and online at goodguysguns.com. That's Good Guys Guns. Good Guys Guns. If you have an Alexa device, you can listen to great news and talk anytime by first asking Alexa, enable KMED. After enabling the skill, you can listen to the most popular talk personalities like Bill Meyer and Lars Larson, plus local news and weather 24 hours a day by just asking her to play KMED. Alexa streaming on KMED is made possible by Megan McPherson at Farmers Insurance, Father and Son Jewelry, Violets and Cream, and Pacific Healthcare Training. If you're remodeling your house, start with the foundation. Millette Construction offers a no-pressure, thorough inspection of your home's foundation and a no-obligation estimate if your house needs work. The foundation is most important because all the repairs and upgrades you're planning from the floors, windows, doors, cabinets, even the roof can be affected if your foundation is unstable. Be sure you're on solid ground. Millette Construction will level your house and correct the shifting soil problem. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. KMED, KCMD News, sponsored by Millette Construction, specializing in foundation repair and replacement. Get on solid ground by visiting MilletteConstruction.com. Good morning, I'm Marcus Villa with your MC5 Morning News Update. A second candidate has thrown their hat in the ring for the race for the Jackson County District Attorney. Alyssa Bartholomew announced this week she'll be seeking election for the DA position in the November election. 
DA Beth Heckert is planning to retire after the year. Bartholomew says her 20 years of experience practicing law in the community will help her make changes to the current state of the DA's office. Jackson County Chief Deputy DA Patrick Green announced last, late last year that he's also running for DA. He's earned DA Heckert's endorsement. Bartholomew says she has been endorsed by others in the community as well as members of law enforcement. It's been a wet January in the Rogue Valley, and many local agencies said they're happy to report reservoir levels are rising. The Talent Irrigation District says they use water from Howard Prairie, Hyatt Lake, and Emigrant Lake. The district says they've seen a gain of almost 4,000 acre-feet thanks to the recent storms and weather activity. They say it puts them at around 32% on overall storage between three lakes, which totals for over 37,000 acre-feet. Last year, it was only at 16%. The Irrigation District says that last year, they were only able to run irrigation for 17 weeks. At Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros, if you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and your ability to navigate wet, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Continental, Falcon, Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local family-owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix. One of each sold in 224482, MSRP 21615, 3500 due, sportage VIN 69157, MSRP 3390, 4399 due, 10K miles per year, zero security deposit, all incentives and discounts to dealer, plus tax, title license, $150 registration processing fee, trading in a vehicle will not eliminate your debt, negative equity applied to new loan balance, ends 13124. With brand new Kias starting at $159 a month, it's time to get more in 24 at Kia Medford. More savings, more selection, more for your trade. Rush in now. Get a new 2024 Kia Soul LX Automatic, just one. 59 a month lease for a new 2024 Kia Sportage LX all-wheel drive. Only $199 a month lease, both for 24 months. Ready to get out of your current lease or loan? Once we make a deal, we'll pay off your trade no matter how much you owe. Need credit? Go to KiaMedford.com to get pre-approved in less than 30 seconds with no effect on your credit score. Get more in 24 with Souls $159 a month. Sportages $199 a month at Kia Medford. Click KiaMedford.com. Don't get stranded. Have your battery tested for free at Batteries Plus. We carry top quality replacement batteries and offer free installation on most makes and models. Visit us in person or shop online at BatteriesPlus.com. Hi, I'm Matt Stone, owner of Stone Heating and Air, and I'm on 106.3 KMED. 735, speaking on Liberty and other issues here, State Senator Dennis Lithicum. Hello, Dennis. Welcome back. Always good to have you on. Good morning, Bill. It's a, a great week. We're kind of getting ready for the uh, short session, and we'll see what happens in that arena. But um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, and the you know a lot of the problems you know start at the federal level and they flow downhill. Sure. Um, and so we we've got issues that we need to think deeply about. Um, my my last newsletter is one of those. When you're talking about the uh, the last newsletter, uh, the nine hundred eighty two thousand dollar is that the uh, the one you were speaking of? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, the, it's just we, we talk about you know our vote counting and being equitable, and I'm I point out in my newsletter that 
you know, there's a review process. The records are supposed to be kept for a couple of years so that there can be audits and um, understanding what's actually going on. And yeah, well, you had you had mentioned we're, here. We're that, yeah, you had mentioned. I just wanted to catch up that, of course, there's this lawsuit with uh, with you and also uh, State Senator Kim Thatcher that has uh, been going on, you know, for quite some time or kind of uh, grinding its way through the court. And which counties did you sue? Once again, uh, that did this lawsuit uh, weigh into? Actually, we we sued uh, the Secretary of State and all thirty six counties. What I. We're we're making a big claim that voters in every county, regardless of who won and who lost, see that's the point. We're not arguing that Trump won or Biden won or no. anything like that. We're not arguing that. We're arguing that the rules are inappropriate, inefficient, and there are no accountable bodies at the state level or and in the county levels. They. You know, the the problem that we face is we don't want to discourage, for example, one of the statistics that that's out there is 135,000 Republicans did not vote, registered Republicans did not vote um, with the uh, it for Christine Drazen. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't need to vote for Christine Drazen. They didn't vote for anybody. And the fact that that many people didn't vote means that they were discouraged. They never got out of the office or out of bed and made it to the post office or licked the stamp or, oh, you don't even need a stamp or sent their ballot in. Yeah. And now last week, I know that uh, Commissioner Roberts, uh, there was that email exchange, you know, between and um, and she copied me on it. And and there and she was concerned because you talked about all voters being uh, disenfranchised. And she called you out on that. And I see where the, where commissioner is coming from, because you're there's a real concern about discouraging voting. But I'm looking at both sides of this and, and thinking that we're kind of whistling past the graveyard if we think that Oregon has an openly transparent voting system with vote by mail, uh, no voter ID really required and no chain of custody on this and ultimately no ability to examine the ballots after the fact, even though they're kept for a couple of years, that's kind of where I'm looking at it. So, how do we split this? You know, split this issue and uh, and well, find and find a a good way I, forward. I, I, I think what you have to get off the tribal left, right, Trump, Biden bus and just look at the facts. Has the letter of law been um, appropriately applied? And then uh, uh, what are the additional rules and regulations that are coming out of the Secretary of State's office that are disenfranchising people in all walks of life? For example, we now have because of, quote, the um, the, and this is new legislation within the past couple of legislative sessions. We now have a requirement that the postmark your ballot doesn't have to be postmarked. Um, by election day, it can actually continue for seven days. The eighth day is still counted as well. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Why did? Why is it in our lifetime we could count the elections by hand and get the ballots on time? And supposedly it's because these eastern counties, for example, where I live, and um, that can't possibly get their mail into the mailbox on time. 
and they can't possibly get it to the government center on time or get it to the elections drop box on time. So we'll give them an extra eight days. But what that does is it allows the publication of that information. Yay, many people voted. Oops, your man's behind by 325 votes. Yeah, and that means that there is the potential then for ballot stuffing because right. of all the uh, the loosey-goosey, hinky uh, you know, the, the way that the voter rolls are not clean in the state of Oregon because it, it allows lots of time. How many votes do we need? OK, then bad actors could potentially then uh, then work it up. You know, I told you about that situation where we had the foreign nationals that all received ballots at local motels in the last election cycle. And uh, this was Cal Martin. Cal Martin brought it to our attention and, of course, the uh, Secretary of State apparently had this reported to her. The local county clerk ended up uh, getting involved. Well, yeah, yeah, we, and we had this reported. Well, why did it happen in the first place? The fact that it happened in the first place means that we don't have any real tough controls on registering and or being able to vote. Because the foreign national truck drivers could have uh, just, or someone could have faked up their signature because they had it on the uh, the motel the motel registry. They could have voted. You know, it, it would have been easy and wouldn't have been caught. They wouldn't have been caught, Senator. And there's a, I have a feeling there's a lot more of this going on than we think out there, the loosey-goosiness of it all. Well, and, and that's the problem because a, a lot of things are coming from the Secretary of State's office. And the Secretary of State, as you know, um, has that um, – request for proposal an RFP out to determine whether a newsletter like the one I just published is misinformation, malinformation, or disinformation. Right. They actually call it MDM, mis, uh, dis, and mal. Well, they would call what you and I were talking about misinformation, right? Well, you know, listen, we have the best, most secure uh, election system. Vote by mail is not secure. How right. can it, how can it even how can you even begin to refer to vote by mail as secure? It, it's a, essentially a zero trust. <clears throat> excuse me, it's a zero trust system. There, you have two opposition parties. You've got you know party A and party B. If you give control, to, if if you let the umpire be for the the team A or you let the empire be for team B, then the game is thrown, right? Essentially, the the judge can call the um, election <clears throat> or the courts can call the election or the empire can call foul and strike as he pleases. Um, and, and so the umpire is where we should be focusing. We shouldn't be focusing on the advocates pro or con a team a or team b we should be focusing on how do we make our elections secure and the first thing you have to do is admit there's a problem you cannot walk around hearing from the podium that the border is as secure as it's ever been and expect the public to believe it because they know it's not secure. They know that's a lie coming from the highest office in the United States. And if the highest office in the United States can spread this deceit, this rumor, this falsity, then how in the world can you and I develop a method for securing our southern border? 
And it's impossible if somebody's going to lie to us. So we know better. And my my counsel here is we should be focusing on solving the problem, not focusing on, oh, there is no problem. And you could hear this in any 12-step program. I'm an alcoholic and I've got a problem is the, you know, how, how a program starts. The first thing you have to do is admit you've got a problem. Then you can solve it. And for those of who are going to clip that little sentence yeah. I just made, I am not an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, and the thing is, I don't want to make this a partisan uh, situation, but here, and I've talked about this before, uh, Senator, is that whoever is the macro controller, whoever is most in control of the state would be suspect and have a lot to uh, to be happy about with the status quo way of voting. So in in Texas, they would be really happy about it because it's mostly Republican. And so they probably don't don't wouldn't want to look at anything which would uh, tend to cast hanky on what is uh, going on. Well, here in the state of Oregon, it would be uh, given that we're a blue state, you know, once you're outside of the area, uh, they're perfectly fine. And so naturally, the secretary of state, nothing to see. Most secure election in the world. And uh, and it's all right. And. But I, I have to tell you, when you cannot verify what goes on in our election system, how can we take people seriously? And and this was where in your latest um, in your latest uh, a newsletter, the cost that you were referencing of what Jackson County. I'm not picking on Jackson County. I live in Jackson County, but this was what they were doing, following the rules from the Secretary of State. That in order to turn the ballots over to you or Senator Thatcher or anybody else involved in your lawsuit, it would cost $982,896.17. So there we go. And it never used to be this way. Normally, I guess you would just get a scan or you just examine them or whatever it is and you and you take a look at the ballots and you double check. Right. Well, even the request, these are these are ballot images. They're already taken. Everything has already been counted. These are electronic. Yeah, I know. But the system, the rules require them to make sure that there's nothing that could identify a voter on the ballot. Right. And that's what the uh, the rules coming out of the secretary of state's office. And I would say under who the hell? Decided to come up with something like this, where some idiot writes their name on a ballot that they're not supposed to, and then what is going to sue because you know someone could look at it? Come on, right. it's a public it, record. You know, th- this is not law. This is rule. This is the rulemaking authority of the Secretary of State's office. The legislature did not pass a law that says you have to ensure the ballots are clean. This is purposeful from the Democrat Party and the Secretary of State's office to keep information away from the public because we can't be trusted with that information. We're not allowed to see the results of that information. Well, then what's the point of uh, storing the ballots for a couple of years? What's that's the point? The question, that's the question I ask. If people would like to see the article, send me a note at Dennis at electdennis.com and I'll pass it along. Um, sign up for my newsletter. I'll subscribe you to the newsletter. And that's the exact question I ask. Why are these records kept if we're not going to utilize them? What was it like before? When we used to have uh, paper ballots that we went in there and talked to the uh, very friendly blue-haired lady who would open up the voter rolls book in the precinct. You remember how, you know, that used to be. 
What did you used to do to be able to uh, do a recount and examine the ballots? Was it any big well, deal at that time? Yeah, I, I don't know that 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 I have any direct knowledge of that. I was, you know, I I remember going to the to the polling place. I remember you you register to vote. You, you know, election day comes. You go to your polling place. They have a record of your registration, your your city address, your home address, whatever it is. You sign in. She notes your signature and she hands you a ballot. And and they're not blue haired. They're actually very wise and sharp elderly people. Well, that's what I meant. But I'm just saying I'm being a stereo using a stereotypical memory because the woman who uh, who checked me in when I voted in Phoenix in 1991, that was the first year. I lived in Southern Oregon. Uh, you know, that's that's what it was. You know, and then right. I think we had right. a punch. You, you took a little pin and you punched holes in the ballot, you know, right. at that time. Uh, I was thinking you were referring to the blue and purple and pink haired individuals. No, no, might, no. Might no, I'm, t- I'm talking but, about back when uh, the, the blue hairs were uh, senior citizen ladies, you know, in those days. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and she was wonderful and she was nice and she handed you your ballot yep. and you got to go vote. And it didn't matter if you were Hispanic or black or uh, uh, Japanese or Chinese descent. It did not matter. You had an address. You had a ID. You no, know, that's the other thing. You showed up. You signed your. You showed an ID. She said, "Okay." She sh- handed you the ledger. You signed your name. She handed you a ballot. You voted on the ballot, and then you stuffed it in the box. And it was it was dead easy. It was straightforward. Those ballots could be tabulated at the precinct level. Um, by hand, it did not take a giant machine connected to the internet or to um, a Chinese op- offshore operation. It was done there locally, and th- th- there's. I'm not saying that every one of those systems worked perfectly. I'm not. None of wishing. them ever do. None of them ever do. Okay, right. but but the thing is, though, it was accountable. It was transparent. You could observe it, you know, in action here. And everything we do now seems to be about proprietary software and systems behind closed doors. Yet we observe someone loading the ballots into a machine. That's that's about what we do now, right? That that's where that's how we observe the system. That's right. We we actually don't know how how those are tabulated we we have no clue actually it could be two for one remember during the you know the 2020 election that that you know was so dramatic um we actually had uh ballots being counted from under the table getting run through twice etc we observe that in georgia right now i'm not saying that that's what's happening here but the fact is though this whole vote by mail thing, we're not going to count it by hand. We're not going to count. We're going to stop the vote. We're going to send people home. None of that has been fixed. Really, none of that has been fixed. And the, the machine is still in, uh, in play. And now when you want to try to audit an election and you're told you have to spend almost a million dollars to be able to get it, the real the result of something like that, Senator Linthigam, is that no one will ever audit the election because of this. 
Well, that's that's the claim I'm making. I'm not making a claim that says absolutely every election worker is a bad person. I'm making a claim that some of the rules that have been erected around their office, their duties, their responsibilities are inappropriate for achieving our goal of free and fair open elections that are audible, that we can discuss in public without getting our names turned into the um, to the treason center, you know, here in the state of Oregon. Uh, th- these are real issues that need to be discussed, and we need to be able to talk about them with level heads and stay away from the rant and raving that happens so often in the political sphere. All right. Senator Linthicum, State Senator Linthicum, Klamath Falls. I wanted to ask you, uh, a listener called in earlier this morning because I was talking about what we were going to be talking about, you know, kind of like a uh, prequel of it, so to speak. And a listener called in with an interesting point, saying, um, what would it take then to be able to just get us to say, all right, uh, even even to print it on the ballot that if you write your name or anything personally identifiable, you know, that's your problem. In other words, you're doing this. We're not telling you to do this. You know, some kind of message saying, you know, don't write your name or any uh, personally identifiable uh, information on this because it's a public record. You know, just just redefine it that way. Uh, would that be something that would be reasonable? So this way, no counties would say, hey, you need to pay us a million dollars before you get a chance to look at the ballots. That, that that's reasonable. It, it, it starts with a uh, an X at the top. Check this um, uh, in acknowledgement that this is a public record and uh, you, that you should leave private data, private identifiable data off of this ballot. And if they 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 say okay. And then they violate it. You know, I, the the solution would be to come up with one of those uh, the the left's solution, the Democrat solution. Since we're doing this, you know, they would come up with some kind of captcha thing. Check <laughs> all the boxes that look like a tree, you know, and or motorcycles. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah kind of the thing. motorcycle. Yeah, <laughs> check all the boxes that are. Parts of the motorcycle. No, you miss the rear tire there on the asphalt in the lower right-hand corner. And mm. it's like, good grief, you guys. And this is, quote, to make sure that you're a human. And um, and so it, it, even after checking that box, they still don't know who made the vote. Because if you were to call the elections office today and ask if your ballot got counted, they would say yes. And then you could ask, since you know it got counted, can you report to me in privacy and confidence how I voted? And the answer will be no. I've talked about that for years. We have no way it's faith-based. They say they got your ballot. Okay, do they count it correctly? We don't know. Right. Yeah. And and I think this is a problem. This is a problem where the state of Oregon doesn't care because they're in charge here. And we ought to care. Even when we get in charge, we need to have a different moral core, a different compass that says we care about these things. These things are of ultimate importance to the safety and security of our free and fair elections. State Senator Dennis Linthicum with me. His uh, current newsletter is $982,896.17. Really? In other words, the cost to look at uh, ballots in one county, just one county. 
as part of a lawsuit here, okay? Let me grab a couple of calls here for you, Senator. Good morning, KMED, KCMD. You're with Senator Linthicum. Question? Go ahead. Uh, question? A solution, maybe. Um, Ron Grant's passed. I want to suggest that the uh, SKU type number be applied to the outside of the envelope where the signature is, number one. Number two, get into the uh, actual separating the ballot from the envelope and apply that same SKU number um, with indelible ink on the actual uh, ballot. So the SKU, yeah, so, so an individual SKU on each on each uh, part of the uh, of the voting process, right? Individual yeah. uh, code. Okay, yeah. That, that provides the, a chain the, of uh, yeah, a chain of custody. That way, you know that. Okay, your phone's really cutting out about the, a bunch there. Uh, what do you think about that, Senator? Would that be well, a, a reasonable Ron's solution? Got, Ron's got a good point. There's a skew here. the The problem that people raise about this issue is um, this is supposed to be a secret ballot, and if if we know if some computer somewhere knows these two skews. They also know, quote, how you voted. In other words, you can, right now, today, the, the SKU's on the outside. You tear that open. You throw that away. They do a signature match. They throw that away or put it in a bucket or something. I actually can't remember. Last time I audited a, an election in Klamath County, I can't remember where that half goes. But the point is it gets separated from the tally that is the ballot that gets counted. Well, I'll tell you what, if it, if it just needs to be something that we can set up with our own kind of account, uh, some kind of there, – there's a way to do this. We can – you know, I'm able to keep my uh, bank account secret from the state. Certainly they could figure out a way to make the vote uh, – show the vote count, but something only I can look at. All right? What would be wrong with that? Well, yeah, no, your point well taken. We have secrecy. You know, you've got 8,000 passwords that you try and remember every time you jump on the web and go to a site or an application. And those are things that you're pretty sure only you know. However, somebody could focus on your bank account and, um, you know, steal record. For example, um, uh, the state of Oregon lost, I think, a million and a half voter records and uh, Medicare records over this past year. You know, some mm. it was D- DMV and um, and that DMV information could lead to but didn't lead to uh, somebody messing with the election and registration area. But nobody seems to care when the the government, you could lose one individual's information and go, rats, I got to have to get a new credit card. But the state can lose a million of those and they just shrug their shoulders and say, we don't think they've been used, even though obviously they're on the dark. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, yeah, it's the uh, the cost of doing business, so to speak. All right. uh, Collateral damage. Let me try to have one more call here before we cut the senator loose. Hi, KMED, KCMD. Who's this? Go ahead. This is Roger. Yeah, Roger. Um, I'm kind of along the same lines. I was thinking more along the lines of, of serializing each ballot and then have a tab you tear off the bottom and then you can go online and check to make sure your ballot was counted correctly. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. 
Yeah, actually, that's a good idea. Here's your, it's like the purple finger I voted, yeah. except for it's actually a traceable um, stub that tracks back to the uh, integrity of your vote. I like that a lot, Roger, because that you're, that's something only you have. The state doesn't and have you, it. And it's, you, you yeah. keep your anonymous, and you still can say, hey, you know what? That isn't the way I voted. Yeah, that is beautiful. I think it's a great idea. Best idea I've heard on that, Roger. Thanks for making it, okay? All right. Yeah. I like that. You know, a prize I, I, today. Uh, are you giving away lunches still, Bill? He deserves a lunch prize. Uh, you know, Roger, call me back. I'll give you a Diner 62 prize, okay? Because I actually have a spare one, okay? I, li- I like that. Senator, you see, that's a great solution. That's a great solution where you could uh, check your vote. Not just check, because as it is right now, all we're doing is checking that, hey, they tore open our envelope, right? That's all we right. know. That's all we know. Uh, down the, the state has the, uh, has the envelope that we uh, voted. We don't know if our actual ballot was actually counted and or in there. But, uh, you know, hey, that would be great. I like that. Yeah. I like yeah, that idea a lot. All yeah, right. R- Roger's idea is a great idea, and uh, I will I'll pass this along and see what we can do. All right. Kind of like a, a voter claim check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. No ticky, no votey. All right. Uh, Senator, I appreciate the call. And uh, once again, how can people get a copy of your latest newsletter, please? Uh, send j- just a quick note, Dennis at electdennis.com. Two ends in Dennis. All Dennis right. at electdennis.com. All right. Very good. Thanks, Senator. Talk soon. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye.